0: talk Jim
1: Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Goodyear Arizona the first of our spring training shows as spring training 2021 is underway here in Goodyear and for the Indians the workouts continuing through the week with game one of the exhibition slate on tap for Sunday afternoon a first pitch and we'll have it for you right here on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network Tom Hamilton once again the voice of the tribe will be on the call along with myself as we get things started with the exhibition season against the Cincinnati Reds. Coming up on this week's show after our first break we'll hear from Cal Quantrill trying to earn a spot in the Indian starting rotation and the early returns from not only coaches but also fellow players is that he is throwing the ball extremely well. An intriguing arm that was acquired from the San Diego Padres a year ago. And we will also complete our look around the American League Central Division at the tribes' rivals, including this week with Corey Provis, the radio voice of the Minnesota Twins, who have been the American League Central Division champs the last two seasons. So uh, Corey will bring us up to date on all things twins in the second half of our show today. But first. Terry Francona addressed the media on Friday, talked about a wide variety of subjects, including the fact that, well, game length will be on a day-to-day basis in the early stages of spring training. Games could be as few as five innings. Most likely, they'll be around that seven innings of length, or they could be nine innings. And as Tito says, he's already had conversations with the Reds about the length of Sunday's game.
2: From what we know, we have at least eight innings we're going to play. And if the Reds want to hit an extra time, we have pitching for the ninth. Uh, we're planning on playing nine against the Royals on Monday also. But we'll kind of I'll just kind of keep giving the guys a call or a text and see how they stand with their pitching. And I'll, I'll talk to Carl, and we'll adjust every day.
1: That's Tribe manager Terry Francona. as uh, He's back managing the ball club after a, a difficult season a year ago that saw him limited to just 14 games due to health issues. Now stay tuned. When we return on Tribe Talk presented by Progressive, we will hear from Indian starting pitcher, maybe could be out of the pen as well. He's hoping to be a starter. We're talking about right-hander Cal Quantrum. That's next after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network.
0: And now, a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long flow can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go.
2: So, um, have you noticed how everyone's grammar is completely awful now? Like, you know, the texting and the LOLs. Whatever happened to punctuation? I mean, drivers who switch to Progressive can save big!
0: Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
2: Like every camp, you see a young pitcher in the training room because they, you know, they tried to break the, the gun the first week and they weren't ready. You know, we try to impress upon them that spring training is still spring training, regardless of how old you are. And there's a progression as you ramp up. And we've, we've, we've talked to every young pitcher and reminded them repeatedly about that. We don't need to anoint anybody, you know, leaders emerge from being a great teammate and doing things the right way and and having their teammates follow along.
1: Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you on this last Saturday without baseball. If you're tuned to our show on the radio, as it were, if it's a podcast, who knows when you're listening. But uh, if you're tuned in on the Indians radio network, the Indians and Reds will play tomorrow afternoon, Sunday afternoon at 3.05 right here in Goodyear to start the exhibition season. Cal Quantrill will make plenty of starts this spring. And uh, the young right-hander acquired from the San Diego Padres in the Mike Clevenger deal a year ago, looking forward to trying to nail down a starting spot. He did make just a handful of starts with the Padres during his career in San Diego, but for the most part has been used out of the bullpen. He's a a young second-generation major leaguer. His uh, dad, Paul Quantrill, long-time reliever for several different clubs including a long stretch with the Toronto Blue Jays and that is where Cal Quantrill called home growing up so a varied background we'll get into that during our conversation with him but we began with Cal Quantrill by talking about the preparations for spring training and uh, being with this club now from the start instead of being acquired via trade during the off season.
3: Yeah you pretty much hit it on the head last year was a nice um, exposure to the the Indians baseball and Got to pitch in the playoffs and meet all the guys and, and the staff. I think that this year it's exciting to kind of enter with a clean slate, um, you know, try and earn a role and, and, and really be a bigger part of this team. And, and, you know, be, be with the team for the long haul. I think that there's, there's something to that. There, I think there's a lot of pride being on a team, you know, from first one game one to game one sixty two and, and kind of earning your stripes there. So um, I'm excited to uh, get to be a part of the Indians for real.
1: When you're traded over, I'm sure everyone has certain expectations or, or impressions of an organization. Uh, for you, it, was it about what you thought it would be after going through a, just a couple of months with the team?
3: Yeah, I do. I think that this is uh, it has been fantastic so far. I think this is a focused group of people. Um, I think that it's a, a team that prides itself on, on kind of like maximizing the ability of each player. Um, I think obviously, you know, the pitchers who've come before me here have set a very, very high level of success. You know, set a precedent, and you know we're hoping to uh, match that and, and carry that uh, legacy on. So, yeah, I think it, it's lived up to my expectations, and you know, the coach has been fantastic, and I just, uh yeah, I mean, I, I'm just excited to try and do it for like the full time, not just uh, the quick little trip.
1: Even though it was a short period of time are you already on a path where where they've been able to identify some things for you that, that you feel good about too?
3: Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I feel like this end of last year, this off season, um, I was able to kind of dig a little deeper with the guys, talk about some things that I think make me me, some, some areas of improvement, you know, what, what is feasible? What can I do? You know, what should we spend our time on? I think we were able to put a really good plan together at the beginning of the off season. And I think we've executed that plan and I'm excited to see how some of the, you know, changed, you know, I guess, pitches and change delivery, you know, what kind of impact that'll have on the hitters.
1: You'll probably get asked a, a thousand times at spring training. Are, are you building up as a starter or is it still kind of a, a swingman situation for you? What's the the deal going
3: in? No, I'm going to try and be a starter. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that I'm capable of it. I want to do it. Uh, in the end, you know, I, I really have been pretty consistent with my message. So I'll say it again. It's about the Indians winning baseball. Uh, it's about us going to the playoffs. It's about us winning a World Series. You know, I'll pitch in whatever role is asked of me, but, you know, I believe I can be a starting pitcher, and that's the goal.
1: There were obviously some roster moves during the offseason, uh, but this team has a, a tradition of, of reaching the postseason or at least contending, especially over the last decade or so. Uh, what's the feeling heading in when when you look at what's around you, especially pitching wise, uh, heading into spring training?
3: I think we're still an extremely talented team. You know, there's no denying that we we we've lost a couple players who I think were you know fantastic people on top of of great baseball players. But you know, part of this team I think is showing that you know if we go about our business the right way, you know, there's no lack of talent here. I don't see any reason why we can't continue, you know, championship type baseball. Um, we brought in some, some excellent players. We've signed back some, some players that we had last year, that I think will make a huge impact. And I think most of all, I think some guys are going to take some steps forward. So it's, you know, it's optimistic in the clubhouse right now. I, I, I don't see any reason why we're not, you know, contending for first place in our division.
1: Cal Quantrill joining us and, and Cal, you look at, um, just switching gears a bit. Background: uh, You grew up in Toronto, which baseball-wise, obviously, the you know the southern portion of, of the U.S. is big-time baseball territory. I'm not sure if people are familiar with what it's like north of the border, but what is the competition like and, and the development like for a young baseball player in Canada?
3: Yeah, well, no doubt there's there's fewer uh, there's fewer baseball players, but. I mean there's a thriving baseball community in in Canada and I think it's a very close-knit community. Um and there's been some super, super talented players over the last 10, 15 years. You know, Joey Votto Justin Morneau, before that, Larry Walker, Hall of Famer, right? You know, there's been no shortage of examples of of what can be created uh north of the border. And uh, you know, I got to play on some really, really good national teams so far in my career. Um and I'm excited just to, you know, carry on that legacy, hopefully and and uh you know, it doesn't, doesn't hurt having those nailer boys uh, out there next to me every Bo's Bo's got a couple pens now, so we got a got a little Canuck battery, which has been fun. And um, yeah, but, you know, I, it, it's certainly we might not be turning out as many players as California or Florida, but uh, there's no shortage of talent.
1: Is there a certain toughness factor there, too? Because I'm, I imagine there's some obstacles you have to overcome just basically with weather uh, to try and get good work in and, and be a good player.
3: I think that there, I mean, there's some truth there, right? If you want to play baseball where I'm from, you, you want to play baseball. Um, You know, you don't get to just go to the, the one of 12 facilities within two miles of you. Um, You know, I was driving an hour and a half, two hours to practice twice a week post baseball. The second I got my license, I finished school, get in the car, drive, get back late. I was going in the mornings on Sundays, driving two hours, driving two and a half hours to play baseball games, going on the road constantly played in every single city that borders Canada. (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, if you care about it, you can do it. And I think that that's kind of fun. You see a lot of people, you see a lot of Canadian baseball players who truly care because it's not as maybe you're right. Maybe it's not quite as easy as getting to play in you know, some Texas, uh, baseball Mecca.
1: So what was it like for you when you end up at Stanford, a great college program? What was that like?
3: A lot warmer. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you know, Northern California wasn't as warm as maybe I was advertised, but uh, no, it was great. I, I was, I wanted to go to that school for a long time. Um, I was, you know, credibly honored that that opportunity uh, came up uh, and then I got to play too. I got to pitch that first year a lot, which was just ton of fun. Uh, there's nothing better than playing on a winning baseball team. It's, it's unlike anything else. It's when you're on a winning team, you know, right. You know, the rate ri- rising tides raise all ships. Like it's, it's the truth. So um, I got to play on a good baseball team there and I'm excited to be on another good baseball team now.
1: And growing up in addition to baseball, you, you played hockey through high school. Um, was that just something to do? Cause it was fun or, or did it compete with baseball in terms of something that you wanted to do maybe after high school?
3: Oh, when, you know, pre 16, I would have, I wanted to play on the Maple Leafs more than I wanted to play on the Blue Jays for sure. Uh, I just, you know, my, my skill set and I think my abilities definitely pushed me in the baseball direction. And that's all right. But uh, I still like lasting friendships uh, through hockey and still watch the Leafs play every single night. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, heck, maybe there's a career post baseball. Who knows? Can I they could win be a pond hockey legend?
1: Can they win a cup again in your lifetime?
3: Oh, they better win it this year. We've got the the pride of Scottsdale. We've got, yeah, I mean, we're good team
1: uh you grow up in a baseball family your dad a long career uh how has that impacted you especially once you got to pro ball in terms of of your career and your development
3: yeah uh obviously it's nice having a pitching coach growing up it's nice having someone who's been there has done that i think he's been as important to me for the mental uh difficulties that baseball and sports bring um there's a reason why veterans uh earn and and have a lot of respect in a clubhouse is because it's just one of the hardest things to do in sport to be consistent you know a lot of people can turn on the gas and put up a, a fantastic season put up two great seasons but to do it for a long time is extremely hard and I think that uh there's something to be learned from people who are able to kind of sustain you know excellent uh results for for that long um I definitely think that I've tried to learn some of those things as much as maybe just like mechanically how to throw a baseball Uh, you know he didn't necessarily have the best stuff on the planet but he was very good at what he was what he did he was dedicated to his craft and uh, I think he worked extremely hard he was a good teammate and you know there's a lot to take from that
1: and even at this stage of your career do you still lean on him a little bit
3: no for sure you know nobody does this by themselves there's a reason why you know it's a 30-man roster but there's 90 staff here you know, it takes a lot to put a winning baseball team on the field. You know, we owe a ton of credit to our, to our strength and conditioning staff, to our trainers, to our coaches, to some of our alumni, you know, ex-players who are willing to offer their time to our teammates, you know, you know, a guy like Ollie Perez, like, it's not just what he can do on the field, it's what he might be able to offer off the field, right? There's a lot to this sport that goes untalked about, and I think that, uh, you know, you start adding up all those things, there's some there's, there's some real value there. So absolutely. I mean, I'm still going to turn to, to dad if I, if I feel like there's, there's value there, but you know, I also have a ton of resources here, so I don't have to uh, necessarily hit them up with every single question.
1: And with spring training starting and, and maybe your perspective's different because you grew up in the game, but uh, what's that feeling that you get this time of year when, when spring training's beginning?
3: It's just, it's the butterflies, man. It, it still is. I think you ask anybody, like you don't come, you retire when that goes away like when, when you don't start getting a little nervous energy building up, cause you know, it's, fe- it's February, it's always right around my birthday. It's like, Oh baby, like I don't care about my birthday. I get to go throw things again. Like, this is going to be great. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, ex- it's excitement. I think especially it's extra this year. You can sense it just in our clubhouse for sure already shortened season feels like there was a lot left kind of untold last year for us. And, um, you know, I think there's a little bit of – there's there's some energy. There's some some desire to show that, you know, whatever people might think about what, what was done in this offseason, like the Indians are no team just to joke around about.
1: That's Indians pitcher Cal Quantrill, who's uh, looking forward to getting some starts here in spring training to show what he can do. And, again, uh, teammates and coaches alike raving about uh, his stuff early in spring training. And uh, exciting to see. He's a, a former – First-round draft pick of the Padres out of Stanford. So some good pedigree for Cal Quantrill heading into the season. Stay with us. After this break, we will take another look around the American League Central at Indians opponents featuring the Minnesota Twins this week. We'll get the lowdown from their broadcaster, Corey Provis, next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio
0: Network. Quantrill kicks, fires. Anderson, check swing. He went around on a pitch in the dirt. Perez tags him out. And Cal Quantrill has only made 29 pitches in three innings. The Indians were hoping to get three innings or 55 pitches out of him. And again, at this rate, he's certainly going to go four and maybe more. 1-0 Indians in the middle of the third.
1: Talk presented by Progressive, continuing as we join you from Goodyear Ballpark today, watching the grounds crew get this field in shape, which looks tremendous. The grass, as green as can be, and uh, the palm trees out behind the outfield walls here, uh, looking great in this field in tremendous shape, and uh, just great to see a baseball diamond getting ready for play once again with everything that the world has been through the last calendar year, and uh, things looking good for baseball on Sunday here in Goodyear. Well, the Minnesota Twins, they train over in Florida, and uh, they're preparing for another season in the American League Central that they hope results in a third consecutive division title. Their radio voice is Corey Provis. We caught up with Corey before heading out here to spring training. He was still up in Minneapolis. And uh, we asked him, first and foremost, before he filled us in on the Twins, what about the Indians' new outfielder, Eddie Rosario, who had a long and
4: successful career in Minnesota. Yeah, great career. I mean, a guy that that homered his first at bat, you know, of, his, of his, his first swing, in fact, of his uh, big league career. He homered at target field uh, off a lefty. It was Scott Casimir um, against Oakland. So he's somebody that, that made some history in that regard. But Eddie is somebody that, you know he was a treat to watch, and loves the big moments. And he's not always successful, but he never shies away from it. That if there was a chance to come up uh, with a big hit, a big at bat, with a game in the line, he's that kind of guy. He does. He never shies away from that, from that opportunity. So, you know, he, you know the Twins. I think they, they non-tendered him, and I think that was more financial than anything else. It was probably also speaks to the Twin's strength with their modern league system. Uh, They feel pretty strongly about their their corner outfield spots and some other left-handed hitters that they're about ready to to, to go. So I think that played into it. Uh, Eddie's a really good player. I mean, a home run hitter, there are times that you get frustrated. His defense uh, isn't the best, but his base running too, he'll make outs on the bases. Uh, He's just an aggressive, aggressive base runner. So sometimes that works for you, but then you'll notice it's kind of uh, one of those things that you notice the misses. More than you remember the the successes, uh, loss aversion, if you will, and so that's something that that I think about with Eddie Rosario. But I, it was a treat and a joy to watch him compete, and uh, he's certainly going to help out uh, Cleveland this summer.
1: And when you look at the at the Twins, the past couple of seasons seem like a a real tight and fun clubhouse. Uh, so does he bring some of that uh, to the Indians?
4: He does. I mean, he, he does. He's you know he's he, he's from Puerto Rico. He's from a uh, small city at the, at the southern end of the island, and uh, you know his English is okay. It's not, it's not great, but it's okay. Uh, he's really nice. He's really nice, and just, just great wrists. I remember Rod Carew always talked about that when Eddie was was just showing up in spring training and gets some at bats in a, in, a, in, a, in a spring training game that came over from the minor league side. And Rod Carew just always talked about how quick his wrists are. He's not the biggest guy in the world. His action with his hands and his wrists—he's so strong that he can really hit the ball a long way. But yeah, he's—he's he's an energetic guy, and you'll see somebody that uh, that wants to play every day. He rarely, unless he unless he's hurt, and he's not hurt too often. Uh, he's a guy that that really does like to play every single day.
1: So that's what's coming to the tribe, Eddie Rosario. We're visiting with Corey Provis, broadcaster for the Minnesota Twins. And Corey, you look at your ball club. It wasn't that long ago that. Uh, The Twins were trying to figure it out and really struggling in that regard to make some headway. But now they're a bear in the division the past couple of years, including the the convoluted season a year ago. uh, Just some good momentum right now for what the team's trying to do with where they are developmentally and what they're able to do acquisition-wise, be it free agents or trades.
4: You know they, they were a team in 2019 and deservedly so, Rosie. They were defined by the home run. I mean they were they were the bomba squad. That's that's who they were and they were, you know, the best team in history to ever do that. They hit more home runs than any other team in New baseball history back in 2019. And I think there was some false hope that that would that would continue into 2020. albeit be in a condensed way. Yeah, Josh Donaldson. You thought all right, here we go. It's going to be that you know bomba squad 2.0. But really, last year. The Twins won the division not so much because of offense, but because of pitching. Uh, their, their pitching was really good, uh, and that was also the case too in 2019. That they made really good strides. Now they're not going to, you know, they're not, you know, Cleveland, but they still where they were. I mean, five years ago, Rosie, this was one of the worst pitching teams in baseball, and you can find any stat in terms of, you know, collaborative WAR, in terms of innings, in terms of strikeouts. They were a terrible pitching staff not too long ago, but Derek Falvey and that's a credit to him and his staff and Thad Levine. They made a really strong, concerted effort to say, "All right, if we're going to compete, yeah, we're going to swing the bat, but we got to get some better pitching. We got to hire some different people, and maybe think about, you know, as an organization how we want to teach and study and learn." And I think that's that's been a big part of it. That they really have taken some time. They have the resources now to do it to look into just being a better team in terms of arms. So, you know, 2019 was more of an offensively driven machine. But I think last year, honestly, it was more of a pitching, you know, dominant team that they carried them to the uh, to the uh, division title.
1: When you look at changes and additions, uh, we talk about Eddie Rosario leaving the ball club, coming to the Indians. Uh, but it sounds like replacements are at the ready. So offensively, maybe not missing a beat this year.
4: You know, they, they just brought back Nelson Cruz. And, you know, I, I think as long as the DH was not universal, I think that was that was going to happen. So I'm not surprised at all that the Nelson Cruz is back. But that's certainly, you know, a welcome sight to have that guy, uh, you know, back and, you know, hitting third in your lineup. You know, Josh Donaldson, we didn't really see much of, honestly, you know, last year. He was hurt. I mean, the calf injuries that have kept him out um, throughout his career, that, that came up and, and he didn't play. Very much, he I mean, was not even on the playoff roster last year. So, I have, sorry, I have a new puppy here who's not uh, cooperating <laughs> right now, and I'm sure your audience is loving it. Uh, yeah, well, so all I'm right, hold,
1: hold on, hold on, hold on. So, you're leaving for spring training in a little bit, and you got a new puppy. So, who's going to yeah. take care of that puppy while you're gone?
4: Well, I, I thought it'd be a better joke if we would have got like a like a baby English Mastiff, oh. like the biggest dog imaginable, untrained. I thought maybe drop it off for my wife and my two young kids the day before I leave for Florida, but then I I thought you know what as as maybe as perhaps I would find that funny, I think my clothes would be burnt and I think the locks would change and I think that all of my belongings would be on the front lawn, so we did settle on 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 a, on a golden doodle. So I've been doing some training and and working with her, and um, I was hoping she'd cooperate during this uh, during this interview and now she's. She sees that I'm looking at her sternly, and she's finally quiet. So, anyway.
1: We continue. Getting back, hey, yeah, Nelson yeah, getting Cruz, back Cruz. Something about Nelson, Nelson Cruz. Cruz. <laughs> I
4: just think he's he's such a he, – he's a leader. You know, you asked about Rosario and that leadership. Nelson Cruz is that. He, he's, he is the leader of this team. Uh, there's no doubt about that. He's made Miguel Sano a better person, a better player. And so to have Nelson Cruz back is great. Um, you know, they added, you know, free agency. They signed free agent pitcher Jay Happ. Uh, to kind of you know slide in there at the number four, you know slot in the rotation. They just signed Alex Colomé, who's been really good uh, with the White Sox the last couple of years to be in their bullpen. He's not going to necessarily close. I mean, Rocco Baldelli is big into that, that he doesn't have one defined closer. Taylor Rogers has gotten you know the, the chance to do that the last couple of years, but I think it'll be him, it'll be Tyler Duffy, it'll be Alex Colomé. They'll kind of you know match it up a little bit, and and perhaps they're not done and that that's also been a part of what Derek has done is to kind of wait out the market a little bit to see how free agency plays out and let the market maybe come down. They, they've The twins have been a team that that have signed players, acquired players once spring training has already started. They've done that with Jay Goderizzi in the past, you know, they signed Marvin Gonzalez and Lance Lynn, and even Logan Morrison a couple of years ago, once spring training already started. So just because the calendar is, He's now into February, and, and, and camps open up in less than two weeks. The, historically, the Twins have been a team that, that are still pretty active in this time period.
1: Circling back to the pitching, uh, specifically starting pitching, uh, you mentioned Jay Happ entering the fold, but, uh, man, you look up and down that, that rotation, there's potential there where, where could be a top-of-the-division rotation based on what's coming back and what's been added.
4: Yeah, Kenta Maeda. You know, you know, if I had a vote for the Cy Young, Shane Bieber would have gotten my vote anyway. He was the most dominant guy, and you know, he was deserving to win that Cy Young award. Maeda finished second, and I think that was cool too. Uh, Kenta was great. You know, he came three outs away from a no-hitter last year against Milwaukee. Uh, he was awesome. Um, and they gave up uh, an important piece to get him, but they also got him for a few more years, and it's a pretty team-friendly you know, financial contracts. So if Maeda and Barrios, and Michael Pineda's been good. I mean, Michael Pineda, he had to finish his suspension, uh, so he didn't pitch all that much last year, but now he's he's full go. So Pineda's going to be your number three, then J-Hap is your number four, and then they'll kind of let, you know, some of the younger guys perhaps battle it out to the number five. But, uh, yeah, the starting pitching, it's just, it's just kept them in the game. And, you know, today's era of you don't need – you know, seven, eight innings out of your starter anymore. That's kind of who this team is. That uh, you know, Maeda and Barrios, those guys probably can get you through six, seven, maybe eight. But the rest of the guys, they're probably only let them go, you know, two times through the order.
1: So in closing, obviously the the Twins have really built it up to to be a, a top division team. Um, how, is there much concern about? The perception that they just can't get over the hump in the postseason, um, and and if so, how how do they get around that and, and try and make that next step now where they can make a deep run in the postseason?
4: Well, they they have to keep trying, keep getting there, but it's it's out there, and you know it, you can't ignore the fact that the Twins have lost 18 straight playoff games. I mean that's 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 the sad that's the sad fact, but that's fact. And the way that you change it, the way that you get rid of it is to is to win and I thought they were lined up to do that last year, and they laid an egg. I mean, they just played poorly against against Houston. I mean, back in 2019, the Yankees were the better team. I think that the Twins had the offense to match with the Yankees, but not the pitching, where I thought last year they have you know, the pitching, but then they were minus. Again, Byron Buxton, he was not really healthy in the playoffs last year. Donaldson wasn't even on the roster. So they were minus a couple of guys, uh, which, which didn't help, but – I think they have to keep on going. I mean, they just can't sit back and be like, all right, well, it's history. You know, keep trying, You know, keep trying to get there and win. Uh, this is a window of contention right now. They, they like, still like what they have coming of their minor league. So you know, some of the names are maybe not as popular and familiar around the game, but they really think they've built a strong minor league system. So as, you know the keplers and buxtons and barrios become more and more expensive and you will have to make some and sino they're these tough decisions about keeping everybody you know they they've got some they've got some names that they really like both in terms of offense and defense and some that you'll see uh, kind of sprinkled throughout 2021
1: yeah it's a fun club to watch no question about that let's uh, let's leave on on maybe a, a more upbeat note. we always check in with you around this time and, and you've gone on the caravan to points north that none of us will maybe ever experience and, and do ice bowling and things like that, but I'm guessing this year none of that? Was there any type yeah. of replacement for that, that that was enjoyable up in the great northern portion of our country?
4: Yeah, we had no, had no caravan, uh, which snapped a tradition that has been going on since 1961 since the twins began playing uh, in, the, in the twin Cities, So that's that, that ended uh, sadly because of COVID, you know, we had our, our, our twins fest. It was virtual uh, Raised a lot of money though, for the twins community fund last weekend. That was, that was fun to do just some interactive fan forums that were all done uh, virtually, you know, they had a bunch of players and coaches to kind of do a table read of the movie, the Sandlot. lot. Uh, that, that was pretty popular, uh, but yeah, just some different events like that. But like every, buddy and it's it's been it's been tough the the engagement and even spring training i mean spring training that's where it's gold right to be able to have fans come out to florida or in arizona and that's where you get i think the most intimate time with players in terms of getting autographs and pictures there's no better you know setting at least i can speak of in florida than you'll get if you're a twins fan than what the twins have set up down in fort myers so but, you know, we're not going to have the same, you know, uh, the same surrounding. We get that, but hopefully we're, we're getting there. Hopefully by, you know, midsummer, Rosie, that we'll see stadiums again and ballparks maybe 50% capacity. And then as we kind of move along, who knows, maybe come September, uh, we'll, we'll be full go. And maybe a little bit too optimistic, but why not think that way for now?
1: Well, there's two series, one here in Cleveland, one at your place in Minnesota. So hopefully we're traveling again and we get to see you in person and have a few laughs. I know that's always uh, top of the list. But, uh, Corey, thanks so much for stopping by. Give the dog a biscuit. She was well-behaved during this interview.
4: I will do that. Hey, Rosie, can we, because normally we do kind of a Tom <laughs> Hamilton that's
0: true. You know, impression
4: at the end. But instead of that, can you answer a Tom Hamilton question for me? Oh, can, no. you, can you can you do that for me? Why not? Okay. <laughs> this so, is
1: not going to end well, is it?
4: <laughs> okay. But I, I just I just want to get clarification on something. So. Why is it Carnegie Hall and the Carnegie Deli, but the ballpark is on the corner of Ontario and Carnegie? <laughs> well, why I, is that? I, you and know, what, I, I is, is he trying to just you know let everybody know that he's intellectually superior, that he has done his homework more than everybody else, that it really is pronounced Carnegie and it's not Carnegie? Is well, there is there something to that?
1: I think it's it's a Cleveland thing and and he it's just wants thing? to make sure he fits in.
4: Was it was it a Cleveland thing before Tom Hamilton? <laughs> or did he make it a Cleveland thing?
1: This may demand some extra research. I'll have I'm to go you, into I, our I, coffers here on the show and yeah. find some money for this research. I th-
4: I think during a during a quiet moment, during a slow moment out there in the Cactus League, you should dive into this. This sounds like a good, you know, seventh inning discussion that first week once all the regulars are out I think you should dive right into this that first week
1: how long have you been thinking of this
4: <laughs> it just occurred to me it just, oh. just occurred to me right now because normally you do ask me to do a Tom Hamilton and normally it's always the corner of Ontario and Carnegie but then I got me thinking I'm like why does he call it Carnegie it's the you know, Carnegie Deli Carnegie Hall but for some reason they're in lovely downtown Cleveland Progressive Field is at the corner of Ontario and Carnegie
0: oh boy oh boy
1: Sorry about that. The wheels came off toward the end there with with Corey. Uh, Always fun to visit with him. He's truly one of the funny people in the Mm -mm -mm. game. uh, We always look forward to visiting with him. Hopefully we'll have a chance to do that this season in person. Stay with us. We'll have some final thoughts as we take a final timeout on the Cleveland
0: Clinic Indians Radio Network. Boy, don't go away, folks. This has got a chance to be a classic ending.
1: Welcome back to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive, our final segment from Goodyear Ballpark in Goodyear, Arizona, the spring training home of the Cleveland Indians who will play the Cincinnati Reds on Sunday afternoon at 3.05, and you can catch all the action right here on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Don't forget, you can hear our show each week on the Radio Network, usually a late Saturday afternoon, and now it will be in and around the game dates and times that the Indians have on Saturdays. You can also listen to the uh, the show as part of a podcast wherever you download your favorite podcasts, or go to Indians.com. All the archived editions are right there as well. And speaking of podcasts, uh, we're going to bring back the Rosie Report Spring Training edition starting this weekend. So uh, be on the lookout for that wherever you download your favorite podcasts. As we'll have. Uh, Different interviews with some of the players involved in this year's edition of the Cleveland Indians and uh, some other fun stuff, too, on there. And uh, we'll try and make it a daily once again. We were able to do that last spring, and that's the goal for this spring as well. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Thanks, as always, go out to Brian Motze for helping to put together our show. Also, thanks to Corey Provis for joining us from Minneapolis and Cal Quantrill from right here in Goodyear. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network.
0: Thanks for being a part of it. So long, everybody. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.